Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Can't wait for your cancer? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today. Yeah, hello and welcome to Off The Bench. It's where we look at the best bits from Sports Day for, from throughout the week. Jason Matthews here. Gee, it's been a big week. Blake Braley from Sharks joined us. Gary Belcher with our States of Larrikins. And, of course, the big one during the week too, Russell Crowe, uh, joined the boys after Matty Rogers, the new boy, tracked him down and got him on the show. Well, he's done it. We didn't think he could do it, but he's landed the big one. <laughs> Matt Rogers in his new role here at Sports Day. <laughs> you give me he's, a hard time. He we, said to us on WhatsApp, Sats, we that... We put some pressure on him. He goes, I'm going to get Russell Crowe on the show. We're going, oh, BS. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But we've got the great man himself, the Academy Award winner, the rock star himself, and, of course, one of the owners of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Russell, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. I'm actually calling to talk to Scotty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, I definitely, I definitely yeah. use Scotty Sattler's name to... Uh, I didn't want to, to break, lure, I didn't to want to break that news to you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, Russ, we're going to talk about a number of things um, yeah, in the short amount of time that we can get you. And thank you very much for coming on the show. It's really appreciated. And we're going to talk about the bunnies and all those sorts of things as well. But what you're probably most excited about at the moment outside of the bunnies is getting back to regional locations and doing an upcoming tour, like a pub scene. This, this must be exciting for you. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's in the DNA, mate. It's in the blood. You know, that's where I come out of. I came, you know, I started my live performance career in pubs and clubs and, and then from, from, you know, working with bands, I went into stage musicals and very oddly, you know, it just happened to be, there was a film director in the theater one night when I was doing a musical called Blood Brothers and he asked me to do a film audition. So, you know, I, I worked as an actor from the time I was, from the time I was six, you know, doing little bits of TV, but mainly theater, maybe mainly live stuff and then into rock and roll and everything. I didn't get my first audition for a feature film until I was 25 years old. Wow. Wow. I, now, some so great music is, you know, music is just part of what I, what I do. And I haven't toured in Australia or done any shows in Australia apart from a couple of warm-ups last January, since 2014. Wow. So there's been a long time between drinks. But in between time, I've done shows in New York and L.A. and London, Leeds, Dublin, Stockholm, Reykjavik, you know, all, all around the world. But it's time to do some at home again. You know? Some great drinking locations. Well, it's, it's yeah. very <laughs> different to Coffs Harbour, New York, I guess. But still, it's, it's great to get back to those regional locations. They've, I mean, you must have... Um, uh, you've lived such a large life, Russell, like in the spotlight. Like to get back to those regional locations must be refreshing. Yeah, well, it's very simple, man. You know, you go out on a stage, the lights come up, and it's my job to blow the cobwebs out and give people a good time, you know? Absolutely. And there's a sort of a visceral thing about playing a live show. You know, a, a lot of actors, when they you know, go through a cycle or whatever, they like to go back to the theatre and do a season of theatre. But my theatre is rock and roll and when it's so immediate and you have that direct connection with the audience and you know it's um 
I mean, it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> it's going to, definitely going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be fun too, you know. Different buzz? Nothing beats a live show. Is there a different buzz when you're on stage with your music compared to your movies? Yeah, well, of course, because, you know, when you're making a film, most of it you're doing completely in the shadows. You know, I mean, it's just you and the film crew. And even when the movie comes out, you don't necessarily get to share that film with an audience. So it's a very different type of performance in that respect. You know, and that's where the rock and roll energy, that live performance energy, that's where it, why it's so important. Rusty, I want to ask you when you when you're acting. I played with a lot of different players, and and some players, the minute they rock up to the ground, they are game on, like game face on, like Marty Lang. He'd rock up three hours before the game, be strapped ready to go an hour and a half before the game, and you couldn't talk to him. Whereas on the other hand, yeah. you had a guy like Les Davidson, you now old South legend, one of the toughest men to ever play, the most gentlest, kindest human being. But the minute he stepped on a football field, he was terrifying. Like even for his own teammates. Um, when you're acting, do you have to go into a role and, and, and be in that character before you get in front of the camera? Or is it something that you've learned over time you can switch on as soon as they say action? Yeah, look, when, you, when you're a younger fella and you're sort of like reaching for what the job is and sort of, you know, I mean, I, I still don't really know why people hire me necessarily. You know, I do my best. <laughs> Got a but, fair idea. But I don't really like what I do, you know. And so that's that's all good, you know. Um, but yeah, look, there's always there's different types of actors too. They're all the same kind of thing that you're talking about, you know. People that like to keep it light and what have you, and other people that need to sort of, you know, boil, you know, wind, wind themselves up. But you know, for me, I work between action and cut, and I need to be able to, you know, have a objective viewpoint of everything that I'm doing. Otherwise I can't improve it, you know, and I need to be able to have a clear relationship with the cameraman, with the director, you know, with other people on the set. So, you know, I don't go into some kind of funky place where you're disconnected from what you're doing. I understand the job's called acting and it, you know, it works between action and cut. That's it. You know? So, um, that doesn't mean you don't do your preparation. That doesn't mean you don't fill yourself with the, the knowledge of, of what you're doing. Yes, you do. There's physical skills to, to learn. Then you go and claim those. You know, but to be the best contributor on the day, you need to be in communication because that's really what the job is all about. There's two rules in film, detail and collaboration, and they're very, very important. So you have to be aware of other people if you're going to be a collaborator, you know? Yeah, it's great. Now, now, 2023, it's the Chinese year of the rabbit. The rabbits have been in the news big time. I'm, I'm surrounded by South Sydney tragics at the moment in the studio <laughs> and obviously talking to one on the phone here. Now, you must be liking what you're seeing at present with the bunnies. Jeez, they're looking pretty they're – they're looking strong. Look, they're coming along very, very well. You know, they're um, working together really well and working for each other really well. Um, but, you know, we're at the beginning of the season and you've got to be – consistent over a long period of time in the NRL, you know? So uh, we've had a torrid first nine rounds. We've yep. played some really big teams, and we don't get much of a relief with the schedule uh, mm. that we have this year. Uh, this week we have Melbourne. Yep. Um, I think we currently have the worst record in the history of the NRL, one team versus another, South versus Melbourne. Something like 30 eight games or something, 32 losses and six wins. So we always treat Melbourne with utmost uh, seriousness. Yeah, so we'll see how we go this week. Mm. Of course, the passing of John Sattler uh, about a month or so ago, 
Uh, Rusty, you must have been pretty proud of how the Rabbitohs handled the passing of John Sattler and that jersey. Uh, I believe you had a hand in designing that as well, the, the memorial jersey? So firstly, Johnny, my condolences, obviously, you know, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Scotty, reaching out to your family, you know, the way the club did and the way your family connected to the club, um, I hope that you were, um, you know, pleased and uh, maybe even a little surprised at the depth of love that was held for your dad because he was a great fellow man, you know. Uh, I told this story a couple of times in that in that period, you know, uh, and I'm sure you've, you'd you know this experience. I would call your dad and the first thing you would do is, Russell, let me sing you a song. And he'd burst into the song and we'd, we'd have a good chat. And I really enjoyed the times uh, speaking with him. Um, the honouring of him by wearing that jersey, I can proudly tell you, I did not have a hand in that design. There you go. Uh, but it is absolutely something that I would have done. But here's what's cool about South Sydney now. We know who we are. Our administration knows who we are. The moment we heard that sad news, the idea of playing in that jersey, because we've used that symbol before with our merchandise, you know, that indicates John Sattler. We've used the line, I play to win, everybody knows that, a number of times in the past before, um, which is a, a line your dad said, Scott, you know. So what's very pleasing about that situation is the entire club geared up to honour a great man and... Uh, I didn't have to tell them anything. They know our history. Yeah. Our club knows what you know makes us South Sydney, what makes us proud. And uh, that turnaround was done within six or seven days. Yeah. And they got that jersey on the players, and the players were so proud to wear it. That's yeah, great. and you played a huge role in that since taking over, ensuring they know the history of all the players. And uh, thank you for that also, Russ. And to see in the dressing sheds that Manly game was, was great as well. And I've got to say... The whole experience with South Sydney made it very therapeutic for the family. Yeah, it was outstanding. We got a, we got to the other side really quickly. So I really want to thank you and the club yeah, great for that job. also. Yeah. Yeah. And as a South supporter, proud as. Absolutely proud as, uh, Russell. Hey, on that, I ran into George Burgess at your old man's wake sats. Yep. And I said, oh, how's life going? Blah, what blah, 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 blah. Girls, yeah. my daughter's got a photo with him, Russell. And he, I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm acting. He goes, oh, God. Russell Crowe's smashing me. <laughs> uh, you're his mentor, is that right? Where's, where's acting. he? Acting. Is he going into acting? He, he Big George. A, yeah, he is. Oh, and, wow, yeah, cool. And he's hoping to get a bit of a role in a, in a Russell Crowe movie <laughs> later this year. Are you smashing him, Russell? What's going on? Well, it's very easy, you know, and you, you will have experienced this before, right, as players, right? You know, you're standing there, you're having a chat, you've got your storied careers, you know how many scars you bear and the miles you've had to go. And some bloke next to you in the pub goes, yeah, I was a footy player when I was 12. You know? <laughs> yep. And they start telling you about their glory days. You know, and when, and when you look in the mirror, and your head's like this carved up melon from so many tackles, you know, and you're looking at that bloke going, our experience is a slightly different son. You know, and uh, my my attitude with George is the same thing. If you're really serious about this, then you have to understand that this is a profession that requires focus and concentration, a lot of knowledge, a lot of learning. You know, so I've been talking to George about, about you know, opening up his imagination, about reading books. You know, there's an old cliche that, you know, uh, writers travel, but actors read. You know, yeah, yeah. the imagination is the most important tool that you have. So if you're reading, then you're constantly stimulating that and being able to, like, imagine other worlds. 
So I've talked to him about, you know, attending theater and, and uh, regularly do, doing voice classes. George has got a naturally beautiful singing voice, but there's, you know, there's a big difference between singing a verse or a chorus and actually sustaining um, pitch through an entire song, or not even one song, 20 songs to do a show. You know, so look, he's got an idea that he wants to, to do something. He's got a lot of uh, energy for it, motivation for it. And, um, you know, he thinks he loves it. But there's, you know, there'll be a process to go through for it to actually be serious. You know, we could dick around and get him, you know, just sort of silly jobs that play off the fact that he was an export player. Mm. But that's a short-term yeah. thought process. So if he's serious about it, then he's going to have to put the work in. Yeah, like <laughs> anything, I guess. Russ, you, you're, you're, your world is is so large and it's full of critics, obviously. The movie world, you know, you do a movie, the critics come out. Rugby league has got to a point now where there is so much access via fans and, and so on. And you've got one of the superstars of our game, Latrell Mitchell. I'll tell you now, the three of us in here are all Latrell Mitchell fans. We're big fans of him. We love the way he carries himself. Have you had a chance to sit down with him and just help him through the, the polarisation of fans and, and what they can do and how we can handle that? Because it's he's a young man still and he's, and he's, and he's right out there. And you know, sometimes I feel like he's really unfairly judged. Look, it's an ongoing process, man, you know. When you hit with that sort of tidal wave that comes with fame, you know, and uh, every man and his dog's got an opinion, it's something that you have to learn to carry, you know. Um, and, you know, there's an old Oscar Wilde saying, which is, you know, that you want to see and treat your critics in the same way that you will treat people that praise you, you know. You, you need to sort of put that stuff out of your mind because you're the person knows the truth about your level of effort. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you need to just work um, the way that you want to work and present yourself, as you say, the way that you want to present yourself. You know, there's a lot of things that will come up in his life um, just because of who he is. And, and as you say, how he carries himself, you know, that, um, you know, are going to be difficult for him to deal with, but he's maturing, you know, month by month, week by week. It's amazing to watch him, you know, flower as, as a man. Yeah. And his engagement with the community oh, and the positivity that mm. he brings when he walks through a door, he really is a, a, a magical fellow, Latrell. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, his, you know, experiences have exposed an underbelly in rugby league that we have to eradicate. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, the strength of our game is in its diversity. It's one of the things that I said when I first went to South Sydney, it's like, I want bloodlines from everywhere, man. You know, I want Pacific Island guys, I want PNG guys, I want Aboriginal fellows, I want Englishmen, you know, I want, you know, Aussies from, you know, New South Wales and Queensland. You know, it's that combination of bloodlines that gives you the, the greatest teams at the moment, you know. And, uh, you know, when you have such a cultural um, contribution to the game from Samoa, from Tonga, from all over the place, you know, that you've got to respect that, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you absolutely have to respect yeah, that. Absolutely. And, you know, if you remember back in the day, South was, was the first team. We put out a video about how to correctly pronounce our players' names. Yeah. Because we were so frustrated by the fact that they, you know, commentators or whatever would be so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And the play, it went through, you know, various players like 
you know, they used to call him Roy Azadazi, for example, you know, it's Aswapasi, you know. Mm. So we had all the different players pronounce their names. We got down to former Kiwi player who said Smith, Jeremy Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Nailed it. (laughs) And look, I'll tell you, we, we, we witnessed Luttrell a few weeks ago at Suncorp. After the Dolphins game, yeah. he did all these interviews, and he was the last person to leave the ground. There was a small pocket of fans. Oh, he the, understands community. He just walked over, yeah. hugged them, signed autographs. And mate, the stuff he does that's not on the TV screens no. is, is massive, yeah. and it's really yeah, good absolutely. to see. Russell, we, we've got to push your, your gigs here and let you go. Uh, May 9 and 10, Northern Byron Bay. Uh, how good is that for a pub, Great by pub the way? Northern, yeah. Yeah. The Hoey Moey Coffs oh, Harbour. I've spent plenty of time in the Hoey Moey down there. I've <laughs> oh, got to be careful. <laughs> May 12 and 13. Uh, May 16 and 17 at the Glass House in Port Macquarie. Oh, fantastic. All our listeners through that northern New South Wales area, get to these shows. Yeah, They'll be yeah, outstanding. Some tickets. And if he's as hot as he is, uh, was he was with Amy Shark on the weekend. Wow. Yeah. Incredible performance. How'd you get up on stage with Amy Shark, Russell? I reckon he just walked up there. <laughs> she asked me to, man. Oh, you know? cool. like, I mean, I've quite a few years, and there's been there's been occasional um, situations where, you know, she wanted an, an intro or whatever. Like I set it up for her to meet Ed Sheeran, and they ended up writing a song together. You know, and she knows that I love that song, and she just reached out through uh, her hubby, who's also her. Shane. Manager Shane, yeah. you know, and she sent me this list of grooving the moo shows and said, "Can you come to any of these? And can we do a duet?" You know, oh, wow. so okay. at the end, you know, I think she sent me like eight or ten, but I, I could only do two. I did Canberra and then I did uh, Sunshine Coast. You know, oh, but, awesome. yeah, what a buzz, man! You know, oh, yeah, fly cool. in, walk out, sing a song for twenty thousand people. <laughs> you know, and go. Oh, how good is that? Very cool. Rightio, Russell Crowe's Indoor Garden Party. You can get tickets at indoorgardenparty.com. That's indoorgardenparty.com. Russell, we appreciate your, your precious time this morning. We didn't even get to talk about your, your love of cricket and cricket memorabilia. Oh, He's got to go feed the cows now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and the farm. chickens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. Appreciate your time. Yeah, it's a big day ahead of me. <laughs> Thank you very much, boys. Have a great day. Oh, geez. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. It's Sports Day's State of Larrikins. It was better than Lego. It was better than Lego. Congratulations, mate. Horton on to Hagen. Hagen away now for Belcher. Belcher! Oh, what an origin legend he was. And he doesn't need any introduction. Welcome back to Sports Day. Sats and Rat. Gary Belcher, a good old friend, joining us on the show. How are you, Badge? Hey, Badge. Oh, gee, I've missed you. Have you got vision of that trial? I've, I've <laughs> seen that one. That's radio. <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. I'm not, not sure it was even televised, that game. How are you anyway, Jen? Yeah, well, more importantly, how are you going in retirement? Oh, I'm going good. Yeah, it's pretty tough. It took me um, took me a couple of hours to get used to it, but I've, <laughs> I've settled right down. I'm, I'm very chilled, and um, I have got to say I haven't listened to the show much, but I uh, I'm doing your, your state of origin larrikins and back rows tonight, and I thought they're ringing me because I was a bustling 
second rower well, back you, at South. Oh, yeah, Brisbane. you used to be a locked in, yeah. Wow. In reserve grade for about well, three games. Well, the reason we are ringing you, Badge, and, I, and I've got to tell you, like you said it like there mightn't be vision of that try because they didn't play them on TV back then. It was a while back. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I retired 12 years ago and, and, and there was a couple of larrikins that I played with at the start of my career, but I was speaking to Sats before. I said, it seems like the larrikinism has been taken out of the game. I mean, there's a few throwbacks like your Brandon Smiths and maybe your Cam Munsters, but there's not really, the larrikin in the game's gone. And, you know, back when you were playing, I mean, you look at the Queensland teams you played in, it was full of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it was, and um, you know, so many of my teammates that were, well, the greatest larrikin of all time that I, I reckon was Pete, late, late great Peter Jackson, who <laughs> yeah. was just uh, life of the party, crazy, um, and backed it up on the field. He'd turn up to training after he, he'd always have a big night on a Friday night, and we were playing at South in Brizzy, and, and even in Origin Camp, he'd turn, he might he never missed training, but he'd turn up, and we used to call him my lantern mouth because he. He'd have the big swig of my lander so he wouldn't have a spew at training and he'd push himself as hard as anyone else. I did. The guy could party. But he had plenty of teammates too that were, um, yeah, that didn't mind having a, having a good time, especially early in the week in Origin camp. Mm. Well, they always say that Origin, it doesn't build character, it exposes it. But the, the Origin <laughs> camps also expose the off-field antics because you've told a really good story about Jacko once when you're all having a drink during the week and you try to jump in a cab badge and try to get away from him is that correct in camp yeah yeah mickey hancock was with me i remember that there's a few of us went so we went out for a big night um state of origin camp early in the piece like it may be on a, a wednesday night or something and uh jacko was w- back in playing for the broncos and he was he was uh working at triple m and we'd finished somewhere it was wall street or something it was called down in in the city and he went now we'll go down to triple m which was right down towards the valley I'll get into Jimmy Johnson, who was the I'll get into Jimmy Johnson's liquor cabinet. So he, <laughs> we went in and he, Jacko broke in and got into the grog and having a good, we're sitting back with our feet up on the desk. I think there was someone doing the nights, you know, playing the music at night. And I got to go, Jacko. We're training at eight o'clock. So he's followed me. I went, went downstairs. I got a, caught a cab and I thought I was gone. And I just felt this, this arm grab me and rip my shirt off. And I got in the cab. Mickey Hancock was in. We took off. I said, just go without him. You're a pest. Got home, banged the door down. Like, he just refused to go to sleep. And I'm in with Bobby Lynn there. I said, mate, Jacko, just be quiet. Anyway, he ended up bashing the door down. We just heard this almighty crash. Bashed the door down. Come flying in. Woke everyone up on our floor. Tosser Turner's come out. And he's gone, that's it. He said, I've never done this before. But Jacko... I've got to kick you out of the, out of the origin camp. He said, Tosser, I'm not even in the team. <laughs> 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 he was out oh. injured. But, oh, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. That's hilarious, mate. You, I mean, I mean, obviously you played with some some legends and larrikins. Your Alfie Langers, your Dale Shearers, your you know your Fatty Vortons, mate. Who who um, who else is uh, I guess you know pushed the barrel oh, at both mean, ends. Like we got into camp, and I remember the likes of. Uh, Greg Kinescu, Turtle, he'd, he'd party that hard. We'd get up to train the next morning and then he'd just, he'd say, that's it. Straight off the training, I'm going to the bat cave. And he'd just draw the curtains and sleep for about another six hours till we trained in the afternoon. So Turtle and, you know, Fatty was a champion. I mean, in those camps, they were like 11-day camps, weren't they, Badger? You didn't see a football for the first three or four days when you went into camp back in the old days. I remember my first camp early, was 10 yep. days. Yeah, they got earlier in it. We, we used to go... Like, well, I think when I first went in in 86, we played on a Tuesday and they'd 
they pick the team and we go in, you know, the Tuesday or the Wednesday and, and we're, we're having such a good time. We talk, you know, when Arthur took over and Arthur Beaton took back over in the late 80s, talked him about the longest camps we could. So we'd say, just bring us in on the, on the Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, straight <laughs> after the game if we can. And uh, we'd be going like, right, and then, then they started playing on the Wednesday. So it was a 10-day a camp. They were un, unreal. But I, I do remember the King who was... Uh, it was great. We were driving down the coast once up for, you know, we'd have a big training session and we'd jump in the minibus. And he'd, he'd drive it, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, this, so obviously Arthur, Arthur refused when he came back to actually coach unless they'd got a proper, proper big bus because he said, I'm not getting in that car anymore with Wally. But while Wayne was there, um, Wally, would, Wally would drive and he was mad. You know, they turned the wipers out, people, people going past on push bikes and stuff through the middle of the city. They'd put the wipers in and Gino and spray them out on people and um, anyway, I'm driving down the coast, and he must have t- said to Gino, "Just, just look after me here." We're, the boys, have, we've just stopped at Macca's, at Rod Morris's McDonald's on the way down, and the boys are just throwing the rubbish in the aisle. And Wally went, "Ah, oh, you pigs!" with a few swear words. Got up, we're doing a hundred k's an hour on the highway down the coast. Just gets up, the car, the, the bus just keeps going. So Gino's got his his foot on the steering wheel, comes down the back. Gets all the opens the door, throws all the rubbish out. We go, who's driving? <laughs> and he comes back in the driver's seat. It was, it was about thirty seconds. Oh, we wow. thought we were going to lose our lives. Hey, yeah. badge was it nineteen eighty seven? The trip to LA, that fourth Origin match when, when you're in a club and Alfie was it Alfie that got nominated for a, a bodybuilding <laughs> yeah, comp? Yeah, yeah, fatty. There was a place we were staying at. And we went over to party Queensland because we already won the series. And I think the Blues were a lot more serious than us. But maybe the night before the game, and we're just downstairs having a few beers, and they had this bodybuilding comp. We were just laughing at it, going, "We've never seen anything like it in our lives." These blokes are all oiled up, coming out, and they've been out the back, obviously pumping iron and push doing the hundred push-ups and coming out and doing the things. There's only about twenty people watching their, like their family and close friend and close friends, and then. There was one more nomination, Alfie Langer from Australia, and I just looked at us like, what the hell? Fatty nominated him. Anyway, to his credit, he just went, righto, he gets up, gets the shirt, he's got jeans, or gets the shirt off, he's putting it, be- he's like a stripper more than a bodybuilder. He's got the, the shirt between the legs and he's doing all the poses. We're all cheering, half of the crowd cheered, and uh, and he's won third prize, he won 50 bucks. <laughs> The bodybuilders were filthy. They must Some have been pretty average bodybuilders through to finish third. He's <laughs> five foot three. Yeah, well, you know. It was... <laughs> hey, uh, Badge, it's great to catch up. Great to catch up yeah, and absolutely. hope you're enjoying retirement. Hope you enjoy your surfing trip. Be safe with uh, with you and your crew. And it's great to uh, talk the old days on Sports Day. So mm. thanks very much. And, yeah, great. travel safe. Great talking to you guys. And uh, don't ring me again. I'll ring you. <laughs> All right. See you, mate. Oh, mate. See ya. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Arms down the sideline, dummying, stepping, only one to beat. The offload for Blake Braley to scoot away, looking for the go-ahead try and getting it. He got there. He got there in the end, Sats. Great try to Blake Braley, who's joining us in sports. So before we throw to him, I heard our colleagues, uh, Joel and Fletch, refer to him as a face of a pop star. He, he should be in a boy band. A boy band. They he, said he never looks he never looks tired. He is super fit. Yep. But he looks like he should be in a boy band. And I'm saying, 
Robbie Williams' former band, Take That. Oh, Take – he wouldn't know who Take That is, no, though. No, he's too young. One Direction. If they – if One Direction – He looks like a little bit like Niall. Who's from One Which Direction. one's Niall? No one knows what he's Niall Irish looks one. like. Yeah. Do you, all right, let's bring him in. Uh, Blake, do you look like Niall from One Direction? <laughs> I have no idea. I've, I've um, only just heard of that and – I actually don't know who One Direction is. Oh, you so. do. Oh, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Blake, um, you're living in the Shire. Great place to live. Uh, who's the king of the Shire? Is it, the, is it a Sharks player or or is it another um, player from another yeah. club? Because half, half the players in the clubs live in the Shire. So who's the king? Yeah, it's a lot of um, other players from different teams live in the Shire just because of the lifestyle and – yeah, um, obviously it's hard to go past Nico Hines. He's you can catch him most days down at the water um, with his shirt off, tanning, with <laughs> yeah. a fireball. He's mm. he's living it up at the moment. He's got that Heath Ledger look about him, hasn't he? The oh, he does. Hair. Yeah. Now yeah. you see, yeah, you know, we see this articulate and compassionate human, and he's a tremendous role model for the game. But you see his flaws. You know, whether you're in the dressing sheds or whether you're having a beer with him behind closed doors, there's got to be something that's negative about him. <laughs> oh, I don't know if there's anything too much, but maybe his hygiene. He's um, yeah, pretty yeah. pretty well known not to shower. I think um, that wet hair look is actually some sweat and grease that's just <laughs> built up over time. So, yeah. if anything, it's probably that. And also, I think Matty Moreland said he's going bald. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 What? Matt, yeah. Matty Moreland. Matty Moreland can't talk either. He's going bald. <laughs> Matty Moreland. Hey, how wonderful were those scenes in the dressing rooms last week with the poor Green Medal, him getting it and giving it back to, to Greeny's kids? It must have been a special place to be last week. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, with the, the occasion it was and the poor Green Medal was really, really special. The build-up was um, was there. We also learned a lot about Paul Green, his, his career and um, the impact he had on the Sharks Club and the community and for Nico to, you know, donate his jersey and the medal was, yeah, just an icing on the cake and just shows what kind of um, person he is and not just a great footballer, but he's even a better person. You know, I like I like what you just said then, Blake, because Souths, I, I, I'm a South supporter, so my views are biased here, but Souths are, are, are pretty good at, you know, acknowledging and celebrating the past with the club. Is that something the modern day player is interested in, in getting to know where their club has come from? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, especially the Sharks, we, um, you know, always look back at the players that have worn the jersey before us. And uh, Ronaldo's big about how he talks and how, you know, you're not, you don't own the jersey, you just have a purpose and you need to serve the club and the community. So, um, yeah, we definitely dive deeper into the club's history, where it's been. And, um, you know, we're constantly talking about that 2016 team and the plus players that really built the club and, um, you know, really made the Sharks' name and, um, you know, the culture they started before we were even around. I think it's a, a good side of what the window of a soul of a club is, how much mm. they know about their history. It's really important. Now, one place that every NRL player hated to visit in the Shire, not Northies, because that was a good place to go to, of course, Blake. <laughs> Hogsbreath? Yeah. No, no, I'm joking. Wanda Sandhills. <laughs> now, does Wanda Sandhills still get used a lot? Yeah, it does, actually. Um, you know, during the pre-season, it's um, a pretty prominent spot for, you know, juniors and NRL teams to go and sort of test your fitness. We had a, 
a grueling three-day camp there where we didn't sleep too much and we were sleeping on the sand dunes. So, um, yeah, it's what? definitely not a fun place to be. And whenever they surprise you there, you know you're in for a tough day. I hate it there. It's, it, it's tough. It's terrible. So take us through why so is it's, it so tough. It doesn't matter how fit you are, Jace. And Blake's yeah. one of the fittest players in the NRL. Yeah. And he just said it. I hate going there. Is it fair to say, uh, Blake, that when you know that Wanda's on, straight away you get the – you get the death wobbles, don't you? It's you're so nervous because it's so hard yeah. on the body, isn't it? Yeah, just mentally, when the coaches say we're heading there, you know, you just sort of drop your head a little bit because you know how heavy your legs are going to feel, how sore you're going to be the next day, and it feels like when you run up it, you take one step forward and two steps backwards. It's just, it's honestly like you're walking through quicksand and you got to push the bigger boys up there. So yeah, like I'm one of the fittest in the in the club and. You know, I'd probably be in the middle of the pack. It's it's just so tough there. I'm not a big fan of the sand dunes. Mm. Is it is it just a, a pre-season thing that want one yeah. to sand hills, or is Too it heavy on the body? It, it, it's not punishment if you have a bad loss, is it, Blake? <laughs> well, I hope we um, don't lose too badly to find <laughs> out. But um, yeah, normally it's just a, a pre-season thing, and um, you know, some of the bigger boys go there more than I do. Um, you know, because they've enjoyed their off season a bit too much and need to drop a few kilos, so they're they're normally down there more than I am. Yeah, they're thirty or forty meters high and they just go forever. Now, um, we asked you off air, are you a golfer yeah. on your day off, which is today, and it's great that you've taken time to, to catch up with us tonight. But now you said you're you're more of a, a surfer down by the beach because you are a shy boy. You played for Aquinas Colts, one of the junior clubs there. Now Fitzy, your coach, one of the world's greatest human beings. <laughs> And also loves his surfing. Now, do the players go surfing with Fitzy, or is that a no-no? No, we um, we definitely go surfing with the coaches. You're um, a suck, Daniel Holdsworth. Uh, <laughs> You're a, a good suck, surfer there. Oh, <laughs> 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 I won't say he's any good, but he um, <laughs> no, he definitely he definitely gets out there with us. And Daniel Holdsworth and um, a few of the high performance staff gets out there. Well, we got a a good little crew of us that go out on the day off and get away from footy and the source of recovery. So, um, you know, it's great. Normally the the worst surf of the day shouts brekkie and coffee. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always a bit of fun. Yeah, nice. Now, we um, we had one of your, your very comical and, and humorous and lighthearted teammates on Toby Rudolph a few weeks ago. He must be bored at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wouldn't he How be annoying. A, he'd be a pest. <laughs> How now, annoying. He was telling us that if anyone is late to anything, they've got to do a jiu-jitsu wrestle with the coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, who I've just got to say, he's just got his brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, no, That's just thanks. one under a black. Yeah. Have you had to do that yet? No, thankfully not. I um, I know a couple of boys have been late and that's their, their punishment and I can tell you what, he's he's pretty skillful, he's strong, he's oh, yeah. he's sort of built like a broomstick, but once he's on the ground, he's pretty hard to handle. <laughs> we won't send that to him. Nah. We promise. Like a python, he just wraps <laughs> his, that long body around <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Mate, you're only 24 years old, yeah. 93. He just gets his. Yeah. Sorry, go, go, mate. Yeah, no, he just, he doesn't look strong, but yeah, he's just, he's got these long limbs and long <laughs> arms, he can... Put you in these chokeholds, and he he lets you know about it definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we won't even pass any of that info on to him. I was just going to say, you're 24 years of age, 93 games into your NRL career already. Are you looking forward to, to like your 100 game milestone? And how many games do you? I don't know. Sats, how many games do you reckon he'll chalk up? At, he's only 24, 93 games. I'm going to say 276. You looking forward to your hundredth? Have you got it marked on the calendar? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was actually, um, I actually didn't realise I was closer than I really am. And um, yeah, it's against that um, St George local derby, which um, oh, oh, you'll win that. Well, you'll nice. you win that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. But um, yeah, always those derby games are obviously really competitive. And um, yeah, to be 24 and approaching my 100th games is um, yeah pretty special. And you know, it's all always that cliche: you're happy to play one. But yeah, to be able to play 100 for your local club and the club you grew up supporting is um, another you know cherry on top. Okay, before we let you go, I just want to throw one question at you about your teammates. If you're all in a comedy club. Yeah. Okay. You're all sitting there, and the comedian for the night that you're going to watch suddenly falls ill, and and the the host of the night says, "Is there anyone in the crowd that can get up on stage and keep the crowd entertained, telling jokes for ten or fifteen minutes? Who from the Cronulla Sharks would be that person?" I reckon this is easy. Oh, that's so easy, Toby Rudolph. Yeah. They, yeah. he just he's he's both weird and funny and. <laughs> The jokes definitely won't be PG, but oh, he's he'll get butt naked. He'll get he'll do anything he can just to make the crowd laugh. It's always a good time. Oh, they're so important to your team, aren't they? Those guys. I yeah. reckon you have problems getting him off stage. That'll be the, uh, that'll be the hard one. Well, listen. <laughs> yeah. Good luck this week. Magic round. When do you head to Brizzy? Um, yeah, we head there Friday afternoon, so we stay there overnight, um, play the game, and then head home Sunday morning. So. Uh, yeah, looking forward to playing that magic around. It's always a, a good time, a good you know feeling around the the city. So it's um, going to be exciting. Yeah, good. So and congratulations on the season you're having so far. Really yeah. enjoy watching you play. Controls outstanding. Your passing game's immaculate. And I've got no doubt in three or four years' time, this man will be playing Origin. So well done, Blake. Yeah, well done, Blake. And good luck against the Dolphins, mate. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This is off the bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Certainly is, Sats. Um, I wasn't here last... Well, I was. Oh, actually, I didn't see a race last weekend. I had a bet on Prince of Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't do any good, did it, uh, Nelson? Chris Got Nelson, second. by the way. Oh, did it get second? Yeah. Good. <sighs> no, good afternoon, guys. Uh, ran third. Ran oh, a third. really good third, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only had it for yeah. a win. I should have taken it for a place. Paying two bucks. Should never back a place. Mate, Se- second's the first loser. Win. What do you, no, it's it's either I win or I don't get anything, <laughs> which is a bit of my life at the moment. Well, also, sorry, you're going to yes. say? I was going to say he gave you a good run for your money. I don't know if you saw the race or not. But no, he gave you a really good run for your money. He uh, he was run over by his stable mate Rothfire late. That's right. Was, yeah, King of Sparta snuck up. King of Sparta might have snuck up and ran uh, second and split them on the line. So I was he wasn't me. far away. I've got. You know where I was yeah, last Saturday. Yeah. Where? Boys, I was knee deep in the Barossa Valley. I was trying to get into a vat oh, yeah, of right. Shiraz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't do Have that anymore. Nah, yeah, just, just. You know they don't do that anymore, yeah. boys. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to stomp on grapes yeah, it's anymore. Disgusting. Why were they? Why is this disgusting? Why were they originally allowed to happen? I don't know. That's disgusting. Well, it happened for a long time, and no one got sick. So well, well that we know of, they couldn't diagnose oh, anything right. back then. Well, they just blame it on a hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Why is my – like someone's got tinea, so they've got black – oh, imagine that with someone with filthy toenails and <laughs> – mm. oh, God. Anyway, right. 
Queensland is your place to race this year. What are you really gambling with? It's carnival time, Neil. So that's why today you are dressed up as a clown. What is happening? <laughs> like every other day. We are going to the Sunshine Coast on Saturday for the running of the Hollandale, which is normally at the Gold Coast. But we know there's work going on there and that work is ongoing. So the Coast to Coast Race Day as it's been named, will be held at the Sunshine Coast. We have the Hollandale Stakes. We have the Gold Coast Guineas. We have the Ken Russell Memorial. We have the Bracelet and other feature races as well. So it's going to be a cracking day at the Sunshine Coast. The weather will be just perfect, guys. Mid-20s and not a cloud in the sky. The track will be good, and there'll be a good crowd out there. So bring it on. Uh, what about uh, the weekend preview uh, in relation to some, some tips also? Some tips. I had you go last well, weekend, by the way. Sorry, I didn't get to that. How did you go? Uh, good. Had a good weekend. Good we all, all three. I don't know what I. I don't know if I gave any out last week, but I know all three uh, good bets won. So it was a, a surprisingly good result for a change, guys. Right, so now, let's see. If keep we can... it going, anyway. Yeah, let's do it. Come on, Nelson. What do you got? All right, race three, number four, Street Gossip. This is the bracelet, one of the lead-up races to the Oaks. Uh, this street gossip draws beautifully. Beat Wolverine last time. Wolverine draws the car park. So going to give street gossip too big a start for mine. Can win again. Race three, number four, street gossip. Race six, number two, Yellow Brick is a horse we like. He just missed out on Magic Millions Day. The horse that beat him, Fashion Legend, is not going to run here. He's going to run at Gosford instead. So that opens the door for Yellow Brick to win first up. And I think he will. Race six, number two. And the feature is the uh, Hollandale. Zaki goes around looking for his third straight Hollandale. And the way this race pans out, maps and everything, I would say it'll take a very good horse to beat him. And I don't think there is one there that can. So pretty keen. Race seven, number one, Zaki. Is Zaki ever won on the sunny coast? And how different, this is a serious uh, question, how different is the sunny coast yep. track to the Gold Coast one? Apart from location, uh, do the horses mm-hmm. notice anything different? Well, it is a different track. Its uh, contours are different. It's a bigger track. Uh, it's more spacious than the Gold Coast, but you've got to take into account uh, Zaki's one uh, tracks such as Flemington, etc. So it's not going to worry him and Ramwick and those places. And he's a, okay. he's a seasoned professional, so that won't worry him where he is, Jason. Don't and Zaki, Zaki also, from all reports, um, can get sidetracked when racing on the Gold Coast track, but just because of the nightlife, purely of course, the nightlife yeah. uh, after the race, thinking about what's going on after the race. Can't wait to get the shooters. Well, he likes going and well, crazy horse. Uh, well, he won't have to worry about that up here because apart from Ocean Street at Maroochydore, there isn't much open after about yeah, eight About seven. Yeah. 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 Uh, any of my boom horses? <laughs> any of my boom horses racing this weekend? Uh, no, you've got a week off with your boom horses, oh, so yeah. uh, you can just save your money for next week when Prince of Boom probably turns up again in the. Uh, oh, there'll be a few going around the week after. No so golden boom or anything. Cash, okay, Jake. no worries. I'll hold on to that. No, uh, I don't know where he's gone. Right here. I can tell you, I just had another look at his run the other week and it was outstanding, so stick with him. Right here, we'll do. Anything else? We all covered off. Uh, final chance to say anything, anyone? No, all clear. Queensland is racing. The uh, action. Go on. Mate, now I'm doing the credit. You've got to shh just down a bit. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. We love our, our partners at Racing Queensland. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nelson. Have a great weekend, mate. Thanks, guys. Same to you. See you, Nelson.